At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest, day one, not day two, who's an artist, activist, and entrepreneur. Our special guest is different than his name suggests. He found his sound during his eight-year prison sentence that he served at the age of 17. During his incarceration, Day One educated and empowered himself and others through his involvement with organizations like Lifers Public Safety Initiative, the Prison Legacy Project, Inside Out, Man Up Program, and Real Street Talk. Since his release, Day One, not Day Two, has been connecting with young adults, collaborating with organizations like the YASP Program and Care Not Control, on initiatives aimed at ending youth incarceration. His new album, My Father's Chains, is set to come out on February 2nd. It's an unapologetic illustration of the margins of America. It sounds like a rebirth of hip hop. Day One, Not Day Two curates a revolutionary experience, blending militant melodies with metaphors that feel as if they get sucker punched into your soul. Our guest paints gritty pictures of resilience and rebellion, narrating tales of terror and triumph, while masterfully maneuvering an arsenal of flows. Every song has an empowering message that resonates with music lovers from all genres alike. This gives my father's chains a sense of urgency as it is a cry for help as much as it is a warning. It's a great pleasure. I welcome special guest day one, not day two to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for that amazing introduction, bro. I definitely appreciate the kind of words. It's a pleasure to be here. Honored to be on your show, bro. It's a pleasure to have you here. I just have to tell you, I appreciate you taking your platform to share a message of positivity and empowerment because you could put the TV on for two seconds and you could see our society is battling itself for the soul of the country and the soul of our people. And I feel very strongly that what you're doing right now 
is taking your own personal gifts and abilities to share empowerment for others, people who may not feel that empowerment on a daily basis. And that speaks loads and loads of positive energy for you. And I just, I, I thank you for that, for, for making it your point now to, to share enlightenment and empowerment to others. And I want to ask you, how did you first begin your empowering message? Like what set you on your journey that you're currently on? It's, uh, I'm definitely going to answer. It's crazy that you said, like, it feels like we're battling for, like, the soul of the nation. Because that's, as I almost used those same words to describe, like, my journey a, a couple of days ago. It, it does feel like a constant struggle when we're battling all these energies that's trying to enter, you know, our being and the collective consciousness. But my journey started... I would. I don't want to say my journey started when I went to prison because I was always into music. I was always into, you know, activism. I just didn't know how to get involved. But definitely the eight-year sentence that I served at the age of 17 gave me the time to sit down and learn myself. Obviously, I had a lot of time to hone my craft and practice my art form. But I really was exposed to things that a, a regular child should not have been exposed to. I'm exposed to a whole different part of society and just my eyes being open in this way, like me learning these things. Once you reach a level of knowledge, once you attain like certain information, it becomes a responsibility. Like you can't know certain things and not act. You know what I'm saying? And now that I've been educated and I've learned what I've learned, like I feel like I have a responsibility to give that back to others who may not know it. I'm not on the path to tell anybody what's right from wrong because I've made mistakes. I had to take that journey. But what I would like to do is use my experience and use my failures, my mistakes, my growth to allow others a different path. Like I'm showing people, I'm showing kids, frankly, quite frankly, because it's kids that we deal with. I'm showing kids that are like headed down that road like yeah well, this is what happens this is why you don't want to do this and this is what we could do instead because sometimes knowing that you have alternative paths sometimes just your eyes being open to opportunities change a lot so that's really what we try and do with the music and with the movement i believe very strongly that music is a healing modality that we can rely upon it it, it nourishes the soul in my opinion as something that we can do because during the last two years, music's healed me in many ways that I can't even begin to imagine to express. I like your one song. Thank you. I like a lot of your songs, but I want to bring up the first one first. Thank you, Frontline. That is very catchy. And I, I really consider it a song of the moment. And I wanted to ask if you could share with our audience what motivated you to uh, come up with it. So obviously, Thank You, Frontline is about the pandemic, right? And there's a lot of songs about the pandemic, what's been going on in different ways and talking about it. But I just wanted to help no matter like where I'm at. I was in jail when I wrote this song. Matter of fact, not that I remember. I was in prison. I was on my way out, though. But it was a time where nobody knew what was going on. And as like leaders, as people who actually care about what's involved in the community, like it was literally crushing me that I'm sitting here in a cell and my family, who are like a lot of them are frontline workers. My friends, a lot of them are frontline workers. I can't help them. They're out here risking their lives and, and, and sacrificing their health and their well-being for the sake of others. And like, I can't contribute because of my situation. And so I just thought about like what I could do instead of worrying about what I can't do. Like what I could, I could write a song that can like 
lift up and raise people's spirits and connect with them on that level like maybe keep them pushing maybe make the job a, a little bit a little bit easier maybe take their mind off a little stress because you want to talk about like the mental stress that people go through i thought i was stressing like we're, we're, we're going through like just in my daily struggles but like just to have that pressure on your shoulder to go out. Like these people are really out here saving the world. These people are out here risking their life, sacrificing everything, time with their family, so we could be safe. And I just wanted to contribute to that fight. Like, and this is the way I could. So I'm glad you appreciated the song. Like a lot of people definitely I, like this. Song. A lot of people resonated with. It. I'm glad you like it. From from listening to your music, I I'm not a, I'm not like a, a music expert or anything, but I'll say from my uh, amateur approach, I love your beats. I love the way that you tie your your lyrics and your beats, and it's like listening to your music to me wakes me up. <laughs> I've been listening since we met last week and talked pre pre call. You know, I had COVID this week, so I had to go through that, and I was listening to your music a couple mornings this week, and it, it like wakes me up. It like enlighten it just it feels really good i, I really enjoy I, i'm gonna encourage my audience to definitely check out your album and we're gonna have that information on my on my show notes for the podcast but i i just it's it's great it's for me it's it's a great opportunity to have someone like you on the show i really like appreciate what artists can do i i joke around and tell people that with my show i feel like i'm a little artist in my own way coming up with episodes and interviews but you very much are and the way that you put your message in together, man, and the way that you organize your page. I was scrolling to your page earlier and I definitely love what you put together as far as like and like you're combining all of these initiatives and ways that people won't wouldn't usually combine them. And it's like what you're given with your platform is, is amazing. I like the diversity that comes with your page and what you definitely Thank you. Well, bro. So you right. are an artist. Nobody tell you different. You are an artist. It's a collaboration. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna say we're in this together, man. I think everything you're trying to espouse is your message. I want to support and promote and and let people know out there that you know you could have what you consider the worst day of your life, and guess what? You wake up the next day and you're still here. <laughs> you could have that worst moment, but there's there's gonna be moments that come back and show you that it's not your worst moment. And sometimes during our, our moments right. of being knocked down is really where we can triumph and, and and lift spirits. And I think that's what you're doing right now, in my opinion. You're lifting spirits with your lyrical messages, with your talent and your abilities. You're, you're sharing you're sharing potential that people may not see unless they tune in and really see it for themselves. And that's what I think is going on right now. I want to ask you about your new album coming up, My Father's Chains. It's coming up on February 2nd. And how long have you been working on this album? So my father's changed. I wrote the album. I actually wrote the lyrics to the album while I was in prison. So these, a lot of these songs like were created throughout different stages of not only my incarceration, my prison sentence, but my growth. And I feel like you hear that in there and I hand selected cause I got tons of music, I, but I hand selected the messages that I wanted to convey with this. I had selected like the pictures I wanted to illustrate and we put it together in a cohesive pro project. It's like really, the project really flows like almost like a movie or, you know, some type of theater. We want to add that theater aspect, but I want to say probably we began writing the first song that we probably began writing back in 2015 2016 some sometime around there and it just been growing ever since so it, like it took on a life of its own how do you feel right now you're about to release this album in a next week i guess 
Yeah, yeah, it's almost in about eleven days. My time's a little warped right now. I've been I've been in bed rest. <laughs> I'm feeling better today, but I'm saying like, so on the second you're releasing this, how do you feel right now on the eve of this? Like, you got to be super excited. Uh, I am super excited, man. I'm, I'm pumped, and it's like the feeling of like reaching your pinnacle. It's now like everything I've been through, everything we worked hard for, all of those mistakes, all the mishaps, like. This is what makes this moment that's about to come is what makes all that struggle worth it because I'm taking all those experiences, all my hardship, all my trials and tribulations and using them to teach, using them to help people heal, using them to grow myself. And so it's just coming full circle. And I'm I'm grateful. I'm like eternally grateful. Let's talk about your album. There's 10 songs on the album. Is that right? Actually, it's 11 songs on the 11 album. Songs? Okay. There's going to be 11 songs on the album. Well, I'd like to talk about the different topics for it. When the, the title, My Father's Chains, when did you come up with your title? So My Father's Chains was actually the title of an essay I wrote for college. I was in the Villanova program while I was in Greaterford. And I don't know if you heard about Greaterford, but that's a, a very infamous prison out here in the Philadelphia area. But there are like amazing people that come in. Kate Melanie is the uh, director of the Villanova program and she's been a big inspiration on like my journey, my growth for what I've been doing. And so I studied sociology and I wrote an essay about like my environment, like what I had to go through growing up and I called it My Father's Chance. And the essay was so powerful that like everybody who read it was almost like moved to tears. I think a couple of few people did cry because I think I started it off with a sentence around the lines like, yeah, when I was in elementary school, I knew I would die young. And then I would talk about walking through, walking past memorials or hearing gunshots or the neighborhood being covered in yellow tape and just all the stimulus that I'm absorbing. Like this is leading me and guiding me and conditioning me into like the path that I'm walking. And so I explained that in a way that it just hasn't been explained before. And I said, you know what? I love the way that impact and that connected. I'm like, what if I could do this through music? What if I could explain this through music and connect with people in that way? Show them like my journey, show them like what we've been going through in a way it's called sociology, a sociological imagination in a way that relates my experience to what everybody else is going through and what the rest of the world is going through. And so that was like the inspiration for album. And what it turned into that I know that I would heal these amazing wounds that I had in myself, that I know how much growth I was going to go through just writing the album, just the, the process of writing it was like a healing process for me because I'm dealing with things like I'm not really going to get into it right now. I know we're going to dive into the album, but like it was definitely a yeah. healing journey that I didn't even expect. I, I think it's very powerful when you heal as a process of self-discovery and when you heal through expression and art. I mean, any way you look at it, when you write an essay or when you write your lyrics, it's an art form. It's an expression of the deep part of you that very yes. you to see until you express it. And one of the things I want to ask you about when you tap into your your prior trauma and you learn that your lyrics are healing others and inspiring others, how does that motivate you to go forward even doing more, I'm sure? It's probably a reciprocal thing. The more you realize your experiences can touch and heal others and empower others, I'm sure you want to do it more and more. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of messing up my life, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you know, as an artist, like we have these ideas of you know, how we want to present ourselves to the world, and we have these ideas of like what we want to talk about or what we want to go about. But it's literally, it's literally like I can't go back to just talking about anything. I can't go back to just promoting any type of message because. I'm made aware of how much impact my words are having. So if people are coming to me and telling me how like my songs help them with their suicidal ideations or telling me about how my songs help them reconnect with their father or reconnect with their community in some way, or my songs impacted these people to the point that it moved them emotionally and influenced their next action. I can't I can't just say anything anymore. So it's like I'm I now have to take this journey of continuing to heal myself, continuing to grow and continuing to just like I don't know, be a real person, be vulnerable. And I it's a responsibility as much as it is a, a privilege. I look at what you're doing right now and it's like there are people who go in between the lines and stay in their lane. They just don't really try to change things. And it's okay. People like that. They're like worker bees, but then there are people who bust out and try to right. like make a change, make an impact. And that's what I see you doing. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show when we started talking. Cause I'm like, you're exactly the kind of person I want to showcase in terms of dealing with adversity and not taking that adversity and saying, you know what, I'm just going to go between the lanes and stay in my lane the rest of my life. No, you're, you're challenging systemic inequality. And I wanted to ask you, like, you're using your, your own gifts and your talents to convey to society that what happened to you, you understand you paid your price for whatever you needed to, but at the same time, it's unfair, it's unjust, and it's a system that's existed since our system has existed. And so it's time to make changes. And we've got to take the band-aids off of all these particular systemic things that exist and limit all of us. And we've got to really shed the yoke of negativity and, and really embrace change. And I wanted to ask you, I know you're working with a lot of empowering organizations and you're doing a lot of positive things. How do you think we'll be able to change society and, 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 and really make an impact? Like, what do you think your main goals will be as an upcoming artist doing these things? So listen, uh, I love that question. And thank you so much for asking that question. Cause that is as important as the music. There's a lot wrong with our system. Our criminal ju our criminal justice system is, is failing us. The economy is failing us. These institutions that are set up to serve us, they're like failing us in general. And we're seeing the result of that. Like society is, is crippling. And so how do we change this? How do we combat systemic inequality? I feel like it's all in us is in making these small decisions to use our platform to empower instead of to discourage others. It's about using our dollar and giving it to somebody in the community instead of taking it out. It's about speaking up for those who are not here who can't speak for themselves right now. There are a lot of children who've been through some incredibly disturbing experiences just going through placements, going through the criminal justice system and all that experience, all those, these experiences were put on them. These sentences were put on them with the idea that this was going to heal them and push them forward. But I don't know if you know about like the abuse scandals that's been coming out with these different juvenile placements with like uh, Glenn Mills and George Jr. and all these different juvenile placements. But 
like authority has really been abused to a point where we can no longer like trust the system to help us. And so we got to take matters into our own hands. Specifically speaking, we need to replace the criminal justice system with a restorative justice system. That's uh, first and foremost. And all the restorative justice is about is allowing the actual community in on the healing that takes place, allowing the actual community to be involved with the process of justice instead of outsourcing it. Now we're, we're taking it back. We're saying, we got this, we're going to handle it. We have to start investing in programs and actual education that's going to serve our our children that is going to serve the future. We're not being taught, we're not being prepared for real life in our schools anymore. And so these are all things that we're fighting against. I'm partnered with Care Not Control. We're actually sitting down with Senator Ahmed on the day before the album release. And we're talking about ending direct file, which is a law they have that allows them to charge juveniles as an adult without even doing any type of any type of analysis, any type of uh, diagnosis or whatever. Like when I was arrested, I was charged as a dog. I was arrested at the age of 17 for a shooting and I paid my debt for my crimes. But the system failed to look into what I was provided with at home. The system failed to look into like what type of mental issues I was dealing with. The system failed to look into what I was being conditioned or how we were being conditioned at school. Look at the school's resources. I was going to Chester High. There was like what opportunities did we really have? And so all these things have to be taken into account when you talk about justice. There's no one size fits all type of formula. We really have to actually do the work and be willing to sit down and take on every case as its own individual case instead of coming up with a cookie cutter system and saying, okay, let's do the easy thing and throw everybody away. Like we're one of the most advanced nations and if locking people up is supposed to serve them and make the community safer, we all know the United States locks up more people than any other country. And yet we still have the most crime. Based on race. Makes sense. And the statistics and that, are it based on race. It's, it's a truth and it's a fact. And the system is designed that way and we've got to change it. That's my opinion. It has to right. change. And, and the recidivism, the recidivism rate has been well over 60% since the start, uh, since the inception of the criminal justice system. And so you're telling me, if your doctor told you, yeah, there's like a, a 30, 40% chance you could survive this surgery, to survive this treatment, you're going to look somewhere else to get help, right? You're going to look somewhere else because it's been shown like you have the system is failing. If 66% of people that go through this correctional program end up coming back through this per correctional program, then your system has failed us. I get 60. When I was a kid, I brought home a 66%. That's a D. I'm getting a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> we're failing. Yeah. We're failing our system. We're, we're just simply failing it. We would be getting an F right now. And <laughs> there's no way that you can get around it. And I think part of that is it's, it's ingrained so structurally in, the, in, in every part of our society that we've got to start dismantling that negative infrastructure to it. You know, and I love what you're doing with your empowering message, because I think like mental health is such a big thing right now for everyone in our planet that we're going through with this COVID thing. And mental health awareness is so critical and so pivotal. And I, I'm glad that you've touched on that already, because when I think about what you've gone through or going through an experience, so many people look at someone who's been incarcerated and they don't even give a second look because they think in their mind, oh, that person's incarcerated. And then they look, I would say that that's just... <laughs> the most morally wrong thing to do. We got yeah. to pick everybody up. 
We got to look at the people who've been incarcerated and say, oh, first off, is this, the system needs to change. Secondly, how do we help the people in the system? How do we help them get out of the system? What do we do right. to help change all these things? And I think it, it's a big question that we're going to be grappling with for a while, but I'm better we grapple it now than ignore it altogether and let it get worse. Absolutely. And what we're doing right now is like literally the first step is having these type of conversations with people from different walks of life that might not have experienced what we experienced, but through these conversations, through us bonding over the mission, over our shared values, over our shared vision, like we're exchanging this, inf this information and energy with each other. And these ideas are just growing. Like you can't be moved and know something and then talk about it and not take some type of form of action. Even if all you're doing is bringing it up to somebody else or putting it on Instagram for your followers, it's keeping the message going, keeping it alive, keeping it moving. So many people think we gotta do so much, it's gonna be so hard. No, nah, all you gotta do is just start talking about it. Be comfortable having these uncomfortable conversations. That's why I try to be so vulnerable in my music. And I try to talk about things that generally aren't spoken of, or I try to speak from perspectives that aren't usually voiced because in this we we could solve we could solve a lot of our problems if we just face them head on. Uh, stop being scared to have the conversation. Sometimes you just got to jump in and dive in. I believe, and, and the way you said it, restorative justice. I like that. When you say restorative justice, what do you mean by that? For our audience, in case they haven't heard the term before. So restorative justice is actually, you know, an alternative to court system. Right now, there are several restorative justice initiatives that are being participated in throughout the country. Right now, basically, they're being used as diversion programs, but it's our hope that one day this system will replace the criminal justice system. It's operating on principles of healing and principles of restoring what's been fixed. And if you think about the court system, it's easy for me to explain this to people who don't know about or aren't familiar with crim criminal justice and restorative justice by comparing comparing restorative justice to the courts. So the courts focus on punishments. The courts are going to make you pay for your crime. They impose fines, give you sentences, isolate you from society. These are all punitive type of responses to crime, whereas restorative justice focuses on healing. And so if there was a harm committed, if somebody was harmed, we're focusing on healing who's been harmed, getting this person that's been victimized or this person that has been hurt in some way. We're getting them, we're finding out what they need exactly, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. We're addressing that cause. Uh, we're addressing those issues, but then we're also figuring out with the responsible parties, the people who are responsible for this harm, we're figuring out what type of healing do they need? What type of growth do they need in order to not cause this harm again, in order to prevent this from happening again? Like how, how can we address like what's going on with you mentally, emotionally, physically? And so you actually are forced to sit down and look at somebody's background and look at their mental health history and their financial history and their addiction, what runs in their family. We're looking at all these things and taking all these things into account before we even go into what happened, before we even talk about what happened. So that way we can focus on really healing. And once we focus on healing the parties involved, then we focus on actually healing the community because they're a major part in it as well. I love that. I, I like the idea of the community coming together and reclaiming, 
right? Reclaiming whatever it is that needs to be handled so that our members of our society will feel fairer and, and better treated and, and be able to move beyond the negative aspects of, of what incarceration does and the criminal justice system. I mean, we know for a fact that the criminal justice system isn't as fair as it needs to be. There's a lot of things that need to be evened out and redone and restructured. And, and I, I became a lawyer because I believe in the Constitution. And when I saw what happened with George Floyd, I was appalled. And I went to several protests and I did that because I felt like my soul was yearning for it. I had to participate and feel like I had to like 20 years from now, where will I be seen if history comes back and looks at what we did? And I, I feel very strongly that we might have a slight pause right now on that going on because of the pandemic and everything else that's been happening. But I've had glimpses of the 2020s and what's ahead. And I can tell you there's a large social movement coming. There's a lot of equality coming our way. We're going to equal out a lot of things and things in society are going to be shaky for a while. But I feel that eventually we're going to be in a much better place towards the end of this decade. Now, that's many years away, but I feel that very strongly about it. I think you're on the tip of the spear, so to speak, with what you're doing. You're shaping minds and changing positions. And that's that's like a tonic of <laughs> relevance and importance. And I think it's going to make a lot of difference. I'd like to ask you this. Healing is okay. such a, a unique aspect of the things that we should focus on more. Let's talk about your album. My Father's Changed. I want to ask you, out of the songs in your album, what's your most mm, that resonates the deepest with you? And I know it's hard to say that because each of these songs probably do that. But which of them really speak to your soul? Yeah, yeah man. My songs are like my, my children. And now you ask me to pick a favorite kid. And I can't pick a favorite kid. But if I did have a favorite kid, it would be Can't Kill God. That song... I feel like it really like illustrates exactly what you were just saying about like moving into a, a, a new type of structure and allowing the community to come back and take control of our healing, our police and our authority. It talks about uh, Can't Kill God is a song about police brutality and it's spoken from the first person until assaulted by officers and then which I speak from the voice of the people. I speak from the voice of the movement and it's that change in perspective that I think is really unique about that song because it really drives the message home. I went from speaking in first person to I was driving while black, you know, I'm bold like that. You get told to pull over to the side of the road like that. Then I end up being killed by a cop in this song. But then the message is still now being conveyed through the people and through the movement and through the emotion and through the rage because you can't kill God. You can't kill like what's good in this world. You can't kill that energy. And that's what it is. We are in a spiritual warfare. And this is a lot bigger, a lot deeper than music. And so I think like conveying that message through that song and that's the final song on the album. That's definitely one song that resonates with me. Another another song that resonates deeply with me on there. It's crazy. I went from the end to the beginning. I should have went in order, but the intro, the prophecy, the prophecy is a, a is an amazing song, and that just came to me. A lot of my most of these songs wrote themselves, but this is actually the only song on this album that I didn't write while I was in jail. I wrote this song on the way back from a press conference in Harrisburg. I went out of Harrisburg with the Care Not Control team. Shout out to them. And we was out there advocating for the juveniles that's incarcerated. We was out there sending a message of Care Not Control 
Uh, I spoke with representatives from different senators, you know, cabinets, different senators' campaigns. And I feel like we made a lot of progress. And I was just, it was reflective. The song was reflective. And it was about making that transition from, okay, being part of the problem, being part of the destruction to now being part of the building and being part of actually the solution and making things better and just owning it and owning it and owning your truth and not really compromising. I feel like like that song really marked a milestone in my career as a songwriter, just as a creator of how that song flowed and what I was able to convey. Yeah, I feel like that is definitely one of my also favorite songs on the album. That's phenomenal. Um, Name more. <laughs> I like having your insight, actually, because it's like, like... I could talk about this all day. Another one that definitely really hits home is, I think it's the seventh song. It's the fifth and the seventh song on a project. So the fifth song is called Miseducation of the Band, though. And this song is very powerful and resonates with me because I'm talking about the school to prison pipeline. And I began talking about like, it's a true story, by the way, it's a, it's a story rap. So those of you who like classic rap, y'all definitely have to tune in for this. We're not hearing a lot of stories anymore, but the story from the storytelling on the song to the beat it's just an amazing experience. And when we do the show, I'm actually going to bring out a drum circle and we're going to have a drum circle in the audience during the performance. So it's going to be like you're in like the music. I, I like that aspect. But the message of the song, the message of the song is really about the school to prison pipeline and how like from just infancy, we're set on this path of destruction and failure. Like it seems like we are really... Dead or, we, we hear the statistics and we talk about dead or in jail, but we don't really realize what that means. And just being able to give this story from the perspective of a kid who's growing and learning in society. And then now within, by I think like the second or third verse, I'm a full grown man and I'm in jail and I'm starting to recognize, I'm starting to recognize the cycle. I'm starting to recognize the traps and the conditioning, but it's too late because I already done fell into it. And just being able to give that perspective, a lot of the album, a lot of the realization that comes with this album, this project is about me like realizing what I'm going through, realizing the traps that set for us, realizing how this system is really crippling the community, but still feeling trapped inside it, still feeling like, you know, immersed in and and a prisoner to this culture. And so like miseducation of the band though is definitely another landmark song on that album that I think is gonna, you know, change a lot of minds when you start talking about youth incarceration and locking people up because yeah, it's powerful. What were your favorite songs on the album? I like Home Invasion, The Sunken Place. I did like Can't Kill God, too. When you wrote your album, when you came up with the <laughs> Did you have like a direct download? <laughs> that is literally exactly what happened. And I was about to say, I don't know how you know this, but I do know how you know this. And so <laughs> it, it is real. I thought, you, I thought your free readings were... Next Friday. I didn't think it was this <laughs> Well, I'm going to say this. I'll, 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 I'll tell you why I say that. I've had downloads. I, I've had downloads where I'll create podcast ideas, right? Or I'll come up with stuff myself that I'll, I'll create from a download. 
And so that's why I'm asking you. It sounds like you get spiritual downloads. Yes. Yes, I do. I love it. I'm not necessarily. This is very, this is very new for me. Like we're this. So like six months into like my freedom, I've been home for six months. I started experiencing these downloads and they definitely helped me with where I'm in now. Like the further in the mission, I'm doing like the work of spirit and not like my work. And so there's definitely a level of submission that comes with this and having to listen and having to like really allow yourself just to be a vessel. But yeah, it's crazy, bro, that you said that because literally the songs out the songs where I was talking about was the songs where the You're having more downloads were the strongest. Like the prophecy was written all the way back from uh, Harrisburg taking to our life. I just start crying out of nowhere. Like just tears started streaming down my face and these words just started coming out. And literally, that's how a lot of this album was written. But I didn't know it then. I didn't know what these were. Nobody taught us like how to access spirit and how to, you know, really center ourselves and be present enough so you can listen to what's going on in the universe. Nobody taught me how to do that. So while I'm receiving these messages in prison and in jail, I'm thinking I'm like people around me is thinking I'm depressed. The people around me <laughs> is thinking I'm going through all of this. And it's like... You know, we don't have any other way to explain it. So we start like using their words to explain it. Maybe I am depressed. I don't know why I keep crying. I thought I was fine. But nah, it's just uh having somebody to just you you hit it on the nose, bro. You you hit it on I, the nose. I, it sounds like you had a spiritual awakening when you went through this creative endeavors, and it sounds like you've had downloads that you're being inspired to create and express and share your message of redemption your message of resiliency, your message of connecting, you're connecting politicians. It sounds like with activists, with artists, with people like myself, even have you on my show with my audience. That's a lot of natural positive flow. I'll call it, make it simplified, but you're, you're, you're going to have more downloads in the future. Uh, It doesn't take someone like me to tell you that through an interview, you're going to have more downloads. You're going to have more albums and they're going to happen. Just, just keep yourself ready. When you got that flow in it, you're going to start. I had, I, I tell somebody a joke. I literally was in the shower one day and I had a download for a new podcast. The one I, I have called let's recognize our best. I've only done one episode for it is to recognize mentors and stuff. And I had to stop the shower, go to my phone and start talking into it. And then my intro for my new show came out of that. Like huh. I, when, I, when I say, when I say download, it's like, dude, and it's like direct. And I can tell you that I could see your energy. You're the same way. So you're going yeah, to, you're going to be blessed with more downloads. Literally. Bro, it's literally like the bat symbol goes up in the sky. Uh, I have no choice. Like, I, I'll be right back. I have to go. And I just have to write down whatever words is coming to me or I got to get the melody out somewhere. I got to create. And now it's just like, just seeing. Fire, man. <laughs> you got divine inspiration with your gift. And I believe very strongly, like I have a personal belief being a psychic intuitive that I believe that artists of all forms, athletes, I believe people who are on their own little platforms and have their own, you know, the light shining on them have intuition to guide them. Intuition guides us and inspires us. And you're on your own journey right now because you're being divinely guided to touch hearts and change minds and, and rise people up and help like rescuing people out of the turmoil of the past and present moment. And I think that's going to be your path going forward. And you're going to find a lot of, comfort once you realize that more and more as you as your gift grows i feel very strongly that's what i see you doing 
Listen, bro, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you extending your platform so we can have these conversations on a major level because with all these downloads, I don't know if you experienced this, but I'm fairly new to this. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot. And sometimes I really just can't be of the world sometimes. Sometimes I really just have to hold up in a studio or hold up in a home and just like separate myself and like leave social media alone, leave everything else alone because it's like I'm so sensitive to what's going on with the vibrations right now. So I got to really remove myself. So this is definitely important to me being you extending your platform that you I love it. Build f- I wouldn't do anything else. Look, I told you before we start our interview and I'll share my audience. I had COVID this week and I had it from Sunday till I still have it. But you know what it made me realize? I'm not afraid of being sick. I have more like fortitude. I'm like, I have goals I want to do and I'm getting all of them done. Before I leave this planet, every goal that I have, every every social activism thing I want to promote or anything that I feel my gut instincts telling me something needs to be done, I'm not putting it off anymore. I'm going to make everything go full steam ahead. And I, I see you in the same light. I see you knocking down barriers more than you. No excuses, no excuses man. We don't got time for no excuses. The time is now. No other way. And a lot of generations are going to benefit from your work. The things you're doing now are going to help in, in the organizations you're involved in. You're going to be empowered voice as your success grows. So does your causes. So does the people you're working with, the charities, the nonprofits. You're going to do a lot more of that. You're going to do stuff in New York. You're going to be up in Manhattan doing things there in the future, social activism stuff and outreach and stuff with art and music. So the stuff you're already doing, you're going to be continuing to do, but with a larger focus with bigger groups of people. And that's why I see it going. Yo, it's crazy. It's crazy that you said that because I actually just been collaborating with artists and figuring out how, because everybody doesn't write music. Everybody doesn't write songs or poetry. So we want to give people a different way to get that trauma out and a different way to give this energy inside of them an outlet for them to understand and get out productively. So we've been connecting with a lot of physical artists and seeing how we could use like, what we're doing to incorporate actually, you know, art therapy. And I'm like you said earlier in the beginning of the show, like we really want to start having music being recognized as a very serious therapeutic treatment. You go on say we want to have art recognized as a very serious therapeutic treatment. So it's amazing you said that because that's literally the direction that we're going towards and the direction that's like, I can't even say going towards because I didn't see any of this like when I first started. This is what's been coming. This is what the universe has been gifting us with. You know, we've connected with a lot of amazing artists, a lot of amazing people that just like yourself are passionate about the mission, passionate about the change. And they're just bringing their talents to the table. We're all sitting down and it's like, what do we have to offer? What can we put together? How can we do this, man? So you hit it again. You hit it on the nose. I can't wait for the free readings because if this is <laughs> this is just regular, I can't, I can't wait to find out more. Can I say another thing too? I'm looking at your at your promo for this, and it says, "What side of history will you be on?" When I went to the protest, that was exactly <laughs> what was in my head the entire time. I need to be on the right side of history. I need to be on the right, right side of history. Like, and everything I do since then, the last two years, has been that way. When I post stuff. I don't look at it the way I used to. I'm like, what side of history? People need to understand where we are right now and how important it is to empower people, restore civil rights for anyone who's been serving a sentence, give people the right to participate in our legal system in a good way, be able to give into the system so that they can be a part of it and feel empowered to be wanting to, to change things. And that's, that's the thing. We got we to get people to the table 
if there's anything we saw a few days ago with voting rights failing is we got to bring everyone to the table. We got to get people restored to civil rights. We've got to help people who are who are incarcerated and get them out. We got to give people opportunities and healing and all these things that you're mentioning are are are, are dear and important to me. And that's why I'm so it's such a, a great way to have you on on the show to talk about these things for my audience, because I think it's it's deeper than music. It's deeper than art and it's deeper than activism. It's all of it. It hits at the core of all of it. It exists because we need it to and we need to make a difference. And I feel so strongly about that. You hit it like like again, bro. You hit it. You hit it on the head. Like you <laughs> understand this. You understand the mission, and it is deeper than music. It is deeper well, than art. It's spiritual. It's economical. It's financial. It's mental. It's about the environment. About saving the planet. Like there's so many layers of this that, like this fight. Like we can't not ignore it. And that's why you asked me how do I go. Like it's just. Our survival depends on this. Our survival depends on us to, you know, overcome this obstacle that we're faced with right now, that we've been faced with. And like, there's no other option. Failure is not an option because we see, we see how bad it's getting. So just imagine if it gets worse. And so we have to go in the opposite direction. We're going to change it. And we're in the process of doing that. I want to ask you this. One of your songs is Letter to My Father. I want to see if you can share our audience, if you had the opportunity to have a, a letter to your father based on your song and based on what you're experiencing, what would you say and why? So the song was written exactly with that intent. I didn't grow up with my father in my life. And so I always felt as a child, as a kid growing up, I felt this void inside of me because like, wow, I have this whole other DNA in my body. Like this is there's half of me that I don't understand because I wasn't like... I wasn't provided with the presence of having my father in my life. And so it was like, it was a lot of anger. I felt that void with anger, with resentment, with addiction, with, you know, just all these self-destroying prophecies that were just like played a major part in leading me to the path I took to get incarcerated and get arrested. So I, I had to address that. And I didn't even know I was addressing it at the time. Really, it was like me venting and me trying to, I, I don't know, me trying to understand and seek souls. Like when I sit down and write a song, I don't know what's going to come out. I just know I had to write a song called Letter to My Father. And that I literally wrote a letter to my father and really explain like how I felt being left alone. And, and immediately after I wrote this song, immediately, because it, it started with like the blame, the hatred comes out, the self-hatred. It's one bar in there, one line in there that I, I want to know if you resonated with where I said, they say I'm just like you, and so sometimes I hate myself. I'm doing all types of drugs trying to escape myself. Like, this is, like, that was really my life at one point in time, like, not knowing and just being so angry at the world and just feeling deserted. You get just feeling abandoned by the world, feeling like you have, as you, it really is you against the world. I really had to address that, and I had to go through those emotions first before I got to the end where I came full circle and started really understanding, hold on, maybe you went through the same exact things I went through. Maybe you were also misunderstood. Maybe you also got your heart broken. Maybe you also had to struggle with police and all of that. And so I feel like just in within that song itself, I healed myself and others just in tying that together and telling you and getting people to understand my pain, my struggle, and then connecting that and 
through my pain, understanding that this was probably also your pain. This is also, this is just the scars that we've inherited as like black men in this country. And taking that perspective allowed me to like really lift that weight off me. You know what I'm saying? Taking that perspective and getting to that moment in song and understanding that this is really just a cycle of slavery, mass incarceration, destruction, just playing itself out over and over again. And coming to that understanding really brought me a level of peace, a level of acceptance, a level of security that I never had in myself before. So if you want to talk about songs that impacted me and songs that impacted others around me, because I actually performed that song when I was in prison. And so through the Man Up program, we used to do shows I would call them shows, but they were more like community meetings with like different entertainment aspects in them. And we're talking about, we're having the same conversation we're having right now, but on a platform is for the prisoners, it's for the men. And so I performed that song there. And I lied to you now, we're talking about grown men locked up for years, murderers, killers, There all these type of people that are healing through this and that like come to tears and really told me, you know what that felt like to have like a grown man, like twice my age come to me in tears and like, like yo, what you really wrote and what you spoke in your song, like really spoke to my experience with my son. It blew my mind because while I'm writing the song, I'm literally just writing my experience of how I felt. And just to see that this is how so many other people felt about this situation. Like that song resonates with with men and black men in general in a way that I never really expected it to. And powerful. That, <laughs> Words have power, right? Yeah. And when you when you take those words with your talent and your download and your gift, it becomes uber powerful you're you're realizing you're connecting lives and you're connecting your meaning to the larger meaning of the collective right you're you're you're, you're basically sharing a, a a mutual experience with all these other people and healing them while you've healed yourself right that's, that's then, huge i mean how many people do that not many <laughs> and i and i've realized too also a lot of what it is is that we experience these feelings like we are intuitive beings. You said you feel like artists and athletes are led by the intuition. I have a similar view. I feel like everybody has the intuition. Everybody has that God form, that voice in them, that guides them. But it's just up to you whether you listen to it or not, whether you are tapped in with it or not. And reaching that level where you can listen to it and allow it to guide you, that's definitely the work. But sometimes we have these energies inside us and we understand these feelings, but we can't necessarily explain them and so what i'm doing a lot of times too is i'm giving people the words to kind of explain their trauma and explain their hurt in ways that like they didn't know were possible you get what i'm saying sometimes it's like you could feel things you have something on the tip of your tongue but you just don't know the right words to like really describe what you're going through and so I feel like for some people, I've gave them the ability to describe their situation. It might not necessarily be 100% like mine, but just in like how I came off the vulnerability I came off on the track, it allows it allows people to convey these messages a little bit easier. You know, I love what you're doing. You're sharing your inner child with the world. You're sharing your, I call it inner child, your vulnerable side. The, the, right. the one that, you know, if you turn, if you turned on our inner child and had like an extra showed up i'd be like this little kid crowd down you know crouched down in the fetal position watching tv like we all have those inner children and we might be at different ages of our lives it doesn't matter you're still an inner child and you're sharing that with your audience 
And you're empowering so many other people in so many countless ways by allowing your inner child to come out and express your musical talent and abilities and messages and themes. But nonetheless, it's the vulnerable side of you that's reaching people in ways that you don't even realize. Listen, that's a blessing. It is. It is a blessing, bro. I appreciate you for recognizing that. You said inner child. Look at the album cover. <laughs> I know. Look, look, look at the album cover, and it's, it's sharing my inner child, but sharing it with a message because the album cover is literally a child who's been incarcerated. <laughs> I forget what exact prison. I'm gonna get back to you so you can let your followers know what okay. exact prison. That picture is real. This child, he was tied to a stake outside after supposedly sassing guards, and the way he was tied, his arms were bound together. And his arms were then placed like in between his legs in a way where it was like he was put between his pole, but his arms and his legs were folded in a way where like he couldn't move if he wanted to. And so they bended his body, they contorted his body, conditioned his body to trap him inside his own body. Like he's literally a prisoner of his own body. After this, I'll try to see if I can send you the uh, unedited yeah. picture. But I love think. That. That touches on what you're saying about like through this album, I'm sharing my child, but I'm also like sharing what is this child has been going through. You get what I'm saying? And, you birthed, you birthed your children through this. So the songs on your album are like <laughs> giving birth to children, right? It's gonna live on longer than anything else you ever expect. I know we're running low on time, and that's always the sucky part of doing these interviews. You get to, so enjoying mm -hmm. them, you just want them to go on and on. I definitely want to have you back on again this isn't just a one-time hey what's up how's your new album kind of thing i'd love to have you on and share your journey because i know what you're doing is such a positive impact and that's what i want my show to focus on notice notable people who are spiritual that have been through adversity and have positive impacts to share with others and you meet the context of all that i want to ask you this if uh, our audience wants to reach out to you and i'm going to put your stuff in our show notes what would be the preferred way for anyone to find out about your album or just find out more about you and what you're doing right now Listen, I'm accessible to so the album. I can be reached on Instagram. I'm not one of those people that like <laughs> don't want to talk to people. I like actually connecting with people. I like, you know, speaking with artists. I like collaborating with different type of thinkers and sitting down and seeing how we could connect. It's all about building immunity. I'm not in it for recognition of fame or anything. So if you want to reach me, hit me on Instagram. You can slide in a DM. If you want to listen to the music, the album is going to be streaming on our platforms February 2nd. So definitely tune into that. And yeah, bro, I appreciate you for having me on here. This is definitely hit me up and let me know when I can come back on because this is not sure. just a when you dropping an album come through type of thing. Like we were really allies in this fight, man. And I believe that and acknowledge that 100%. So let me know if there's anything I could do to help you with any initiatives that you got going on. I know you're doing you. amazing work down there where you at. And I'm going to keep you posted on what we doing. I just want to thank day one, not day two for coming on the show today and sharing his new album and, and, and the catalyst behind it. My father's chains coming out on February 2nd, 2022, two, 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 two. I love numbers. When you share your vulnerable side, sometimes that can be scary. Sometimes that can be risky, but a lot of times it pays off. And in this particular instance, I believe that day one, day, not day two, sharing his vulnerable side, coming on the show. And words don't always express or convey the adequacy of what the moment's like. And I, I really enjoyed having this episode today because it fits my, my vision of what I want 2022 to be like. I want to share 
any artist who has a platform like day one, not day two, that has the meaning and the substance and the, and the, and the downloads and the gifts and the abilities, this is the year we've got to really strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. We can't delay or put off what's been put off for too long. And activism through art is probably what I consider one of the most majestic things we have in our life. Like being able to express ourselves in a way that really reaches deep into the soul and provokes us to think critically and look at things. I mean, you can't ask for more. And I really do have a deep appreciation for everything we discussed today. Check out this information. I'm going to have the information in our show notes. I'm going to have the link for everything we're discussing. And I just ask any member of our audience to listen to this music, listen to this interview with an open mind and, and keep, keep going. <laughs> if there's anything we can do right now, we're doing things right. Let's keep going. Let's change perception. Let's change paradigms. Let's help all these initiatives out there, all that we just got to unify. And I believe very strongly that this is where we're at. And that's why I'm very happy to have the special guest on our show today, day one, not day two. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Stay positive, be active, hold those accountable that need to be held to the fire. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode. And until next time, stay positive when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.